This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. That concept that we're dealing with across healthcare is how do we grow in this world where we're still struggling for capacity? So you have to be working on both. And we're going to be challenging organizations to take into account service distribution for real this time. Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host for today's session, Jamie Zage. It's that time of year where we are prepping for our annual executive summit. And I had the opportunity recently to hear an early run through of our event and thought it might be fun to highlight a couple of the stories we are going to share. So I've asked my colleagues, Rebecca Leimstahl and Bill Woodson to join me to share a preview of the event. Rebecca and Bill, thanks for being here today. Thanks so much. Our theme this year is Balancing Act. Can you tell me a little bit about why we chose that as our theme? Thanks, Jamie. It's somewhat obvious in the second half of last year, there was a clear math problem that wasn't being solved particularly well among our members. And that related to labor costs, total costs in the industry versus reimbursement and growth. So lots of the discussions that I was in with leadership teams and boards were about the short game versus the long game and how we want to play right now. Which way do we want to lean? Are we focusing more on stability? Can we afford to focus on growth? What's our tolerance for risk? And then coming out of COVID, there was a willingness to say that in the past, pre-pandemic, we succeeded not because we set the bar too high, but maybe because we set it too low. So there is a willingness to talk about innovation in a way that would make the balancing act equation different from what we've always seen. It's always been there and it's time to update it. I'm so excited about this theme this year, this idea of balancing act and finding your future footing. We believe there's so many of these trends, whether it's the capacity, the workforce, the financial aspects that every health system and strategy leader is balancing for their organization. And they've got to find that future footing. Where is it they want to go? How are they going to set their path forward? Interestingly, we have decided that the graphical image to represent the balancing act is the golden ratio. And the idea behind it is there's beauty in the balance. And we believe our health systems will find that beauty, then it doesn't need to feel chaotic as they balance the capacity, the workforce, the financial constraints and needing to grow. There's beauty in that balance. And that's where we're going to find success in the coming years. That's awesome. I love the golden ratio. Tell me just a couple of your favorite stories that we're going to share in our exec summit coming up in the next couple of weeks. There are two that we get a lot of questions on. One is around surgical shifts or site of care shifts in ambulatory surgery or surgery period. And we're going to explore the right way to make those decisions given our forecast, given what are your market dynamics and the pluses of minuses of moving faster rather than slower. That may be the most prescient topic that we get because it also ties directly to the capacity balance story that everyone's wrestling with. We'd like to move this volume out, but if we do it and make less money, is that the right thing to do? One of my favorite stories has to do with capacity and growth. And that concept that we're dealing with across healthcare is how do we grow in this world where we're still struggling for capacity? So you have to be working on both. And we're going to be challenging organizations to take into account service distribution for real this time. It's a real story. It's something that organizations are truly doing, but not just at the hospital level where they may be feeling that crunch today, but across their entire care continuum. So that's one of the balancing acts that I'm excited about. 
Another balancing act is that of health equity and how we are able to afford, in fact, we can't afford not to address health equity in the near term. And that's going to be an incredible area. We're going to have a breakout session on that where we dive deeper and get into some really good data that supports how critical equity is to the organization today and in the future. That's great. And Bill, you've alluded to this and you're why we chose Balancing Act, but growth obviously and the financial tensions are obviously fundamental to the themes that are flowing through the entire event. Can you share a little highlight of what some of those trends are that we're going to discuss more specifically as interfaces between those? Just a reminder, and this is an analogy that our friends at Kauffman Hall use, that there are three parts of a health system financial model. There's the core operating business, there is the investment side, and then There's the capital side, but also the analogy we're going to use right now is that if capital is the oxygen of a health system, liquidity is the circulatory system. And we're wrestling with how to keep these different body systems working right now with great uncertainty about how we're going to perform financially. It's an amazing tension. And the data will show that we're getting on a cumulative basis closer to break even on operating margins. We certainly have members who still have double digit EBITDA numbers. But for each system, it's a real challenge with forecasting, budgeting, the financial side and the growth side. This is as tough a tension as we face. And what we're recommending and it also is that the growth and planning and strategy people lean in more to interact with the finance team and the managed care contracting team to arm them with data, to have discussions about site of care shifts, to talk about the forecast. The contracting conversation has never been more difficult either. It's often tempting for us to say this is really a market issue that if the market succeeds, then the organization will succeed. But we're actually going to provide several examples as we have more successful growth markets that organizations aren't doing as well. And on the flip side, really tough markets and the organizations have become scrappy and really strategic and have done financially better than their competitors. It's a fun way of looking at healthcare and where it's not just market specific as we might be tempted to believe. Rebecca, yeah, we've built a new model to help us look at individual markets across the country with a bunch of different variables in it. In addition to the population trends, we're looking at the payer dynamics. We're looking at the concentration of payers and providers. And we're looking at the labor cost situation, what's going on with margins with providers in the market, and also the relative supply of providers or capacity access to care. Those things come together and we're trying to paint a future picture of the trajectory of a market to help with longer term planning. And while a lot of our members right now are planning on a 12 to 18 month time frame, at the same time, they're refreshing or building their 2030 strategic plans. And that's the other balancing act that we're focused on in the course of the meeting. Speaking of that really future-focused look is where we want to take people with workforce. The here and now is about recruitment, retention, definitely the economic variables that we've alluded to. But we want to take people to the future. What are the jobs of tomorrow? What are the trends that we're going to need to address as healthcare systems? We're going to give you some new jobs that I bet you've never thought about for your healthcare system. We've also got a breakout session on the consumer focus and highlighting some of those trends along consumerism. Digital health is another. Anything you want to say on either of those breakout sessions? 
Yeah, it's worth reminding ourselves, we've largely been a B2B business to business industry model. We do what we do and the provider and the payer both hope they do well and then they renegotiate a contract. We are now aggressively adding the consumer element to the formula. Coming out of COVID, the consumer expectations are higher. We have new tools, capabilities, and ambition for how to build business on the consumer side. It's a balancing act we've talked about for probably 20 years. We're finally taking it on with Gusto. We're going to be doing a panel with some partners that SG2 just started working with that links directly to the digital story as well about how to digitally engage consumers in accessing care on their terms and when they want it. And while the customer angle is about short-term growth, we need that short-term growth in order to get to the long-term. And we're going to be balancing the short and long-term aspects within the digital health breakout session as well. We'll be talking about where we are today with things like virtual health, what services are being rendered, but we're going to get quickly past that and have an engaging conversation about AI and healthcare. Where are we? Where are we going for real? And what does that look like for your strategy team within your health system? Now, we both have talked about growth. Obviously, that's a a fundamental theme here. The capacity story that we tell really are tied to ways to open up for growth. One of those is tied to the health equity breakout session, Rebecca. Can you tell me a little bit about how we might tackle health equity can be actually a driver of growth? So the health equity breakout is one that we've framed in the concept of busting myths. There's a lot of myths. There's a lot of assumption around health equity. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a deeper dive into the data to find out what's really true. What's really true about the population that we're serving within the high social needs population? What do we know about them? How do we think about them as customers of healthcare? What do we need to address within health equity conversations that could possibly alleviate some of our capacity issues and length of stay issues in the short term. And we're going to be looking at the financial aspects of who makes up these different populations and how do we serve the zip codes that are appropriately looking at both the high needs and the lower needs communities. We'll be using the Vizient Vulnerability Index to take a look at that. It's one of our tools that we use to look at high social needs in a community and how those populations may not be that different, but the way we might need to address them is. Jamie, there's a couple of compelling elements of this. And in that session, we're going to try and invert the old adage, no margin, no mission into no mission, no margin. And there's something that's important for health systems, meaning if you're successful in keeping certain types of patients out of your emergency department or your inpatient unit, that's better for you financially and will make things work successfully for you over the long term. It ties nicely to a Medicare Advantage story right now, but we think it applies broadly for very targeted populations. And then just an anecdote from the board retreat I did last weekend, which is with our faith-based health system. They've reinvented their model of pastoral care, and they decided it's no longer just inpatient. It has to be out in the community. And they do this as part of every discharge process now, and they ask a certain set of questions to all the patients about what's going on under the title of pastoral care. And what they find is about 50% of patients really could benefit from the traditional pastoral care model, but 50% really have needs related to the community, to social determinants, to housing, to transportation. So they're connecting health equity to the pastoral care conversation, which I found very compelling. And they're trying to figure out how they can handle the bandwidth of the requests that they're taking on and how to engage community partners in getting the assistance that the patients need. But it's as powerful as it's ever been in our industry. 
I love that example, Bill. And while we do have the breakout session directly related to health equity, where we'll have people dive into that topic specifically, it's an underlying theme throughout the entire executive summit. We're going to be talking about in surgical shifts breakout session about an example organization that is targeted specifically the Medicaid population and has figured out how to make that business model work. We're going to be talking about in workforce, how health equity in the makeup of the population as a whole is influencing the way that we are staffing in the future. This is an important element that is part of the balancing act in every aspect of strategy. Jamie, the session I'm most excited about is we're going to have two colleagues debate the future of artificial intelligence and healthcare. So we're going to take both sides of the challenge. Will healthcare AI improve healthcare, save us, increase productivity, release us from the burdens of all the administrative aspects of care, or will AI in general destroy the entire planet? over the next 10 years. So we're going to take the apocalyptic view and then the hopeful view for our industry in particular. And as always, the reality is probably somewhere in between, right? Anything else that you guys want to highlight? There's a number of panels that we're going to be featuring throughout the Executive Summit. So we have a mixed model where we have presentations from SG2 experts. We have presentations from our colleagues, from other organizations, partner organizations as well. But we also have a number of panels to allow for people to learn in different ways and get some real world tactical examples, whether it's from executive leaders from across the country, from those that represent more of the culture of an organization angle or the financial angle or the pharmacy angle. All of that's going to be important as we build the balancing act for health systems in the room. And so we're excited about the different formats that will be used here to get that point across. Jamie, we're also going to challenge our audience on another session about the game changers that are nervous. So that's Amazon, Walmart, United Health, Optum, and we're going to play out different scenarios of how their strategies could evolve and how provider systems could potentially respond to those strategies. We'll give an update, of course, in real time of what all those game changers are doing in the marketplace uh, ripped from the headlines. We're going to challenge people to think about their role in that ecosystem differently. That's a great segue back to your opening, Bill, where you talked about the need to look at innovation differently. Now we've got these disruptors and it's about how we embrace them and the change that they are driving in our markets. That's a great way to wrap our session today. I want to thank Rebecca and Bill for being here. If you love what you hear and you want to come be a part of our executive summit, you can register. We still have seats available both for our in-person in Chicago at the end of July and on our virtual session in the first week of August. So just look at sg2.com and find your place to register there. Thank you so much for your attention today. I really appreciate you all being here. Thanks so much for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, comments, or ideas for episodes. And you can reach us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Additionally, I recommend that you check out some of the other Vizient podcasts, which cover a range of clinical and operational areas. Those can all be found at vizientinc.com backslash podcasts. Mm-hmm.